Welcome back. Episode 23, the Michael Jordan of Bailey and Harper podcasts. We're back, Roman Harper. Good to have you back. Good to be here. And uh, this is going to be, what, a second episode in a week, but also a little bit of a break coming up because you're going on vacation. I am. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, the wife and I are going on a trip. It's, uh, it's a couple's trip. Uh, so it'll be uh, two other couples. And uh, it'll <laughs> be a nice time. We're going down to Cabo, Mexico. Nice. And we have to get COVID tested before and after. I was so. going to ask you, like, what's what's that? What's the procedure for that right now? Because vacations ain't what they used to be. I mean, I'm going to let you know this is my first one. I oh, haven't well. been since 2019. <laughs> and uh, Damn. So, um, Has it been that long? Yeah, man. That's it, wild, man. It, it, <laughs> so many has. people have done so few things in the last 12 months. Yeah, man. Just still keeping it pushing, though. So, I, I, you know, you can't get wrapped up in that. So I'm just enjoying the time. It'll be really good. Uh, going with another couple of uh, friends. It should be very nice. And nice. My NFL buddies. So we're going to take next week off effectively because you're going to be up there or down there in Cabo. Yeah, and so we got to get another one in. I said, Cal, come by, man. We got to do it. Come do the retreat. Let's do this thing. It's good to be back. So now we actually, now you have to introduce somebody as well. Well, Cal, we do. Well, yeah, he's back, man. Brendan Motley is officially part of the team. Right, because the other one that we had to fill, if they don't know, let's go back a couple steps. No, we did that last time, remember? I, we did that last time. We but did. But for those, now that we have video proof of it, we got to give the video proof of this, Kyle. That's true. That. We actually recorded, when was that, the week before? Yeah, it was like la yeah, last Friday. Right. I and came then, in here, had just a banging conversation, <laughs> a great time. No doubt. And then I look down here like I'm doing right now because now I'm, I'm like, I'm anxiously checking the, uh, the recording at all times now because well, I just, I didn't check something so simple last week and we just blew a great conversation. But that was the first time Brendan was in. Yeah. So we had to come back, rerun it, re you know, run it back on Monday and he couldn't be here. So he's got the camera. Now that I said, check this out. So I'm glad you said that because. Thank you, Kyle. Normally, I come over not caring at all what I look like. You know, I, I try to be presentable, but, like, I don't really care what I'm dressed like. Now we're on camera. I still don't care what I'm dressed like all that much. But are you going to pay attention? Well, maybe a little bit. But I'm walking out the door, and my wife was like, you're going to wear on camera a vest and a T-shirt? And I was like, yeah, what the hell's wrong with that? And she, she gives me hell for this all the time. She thinks it's weird to wear a vest, like the one that I have on, over a T-shirt. I don't, I don't think that's weird. The whole point of vests is for me to have my arms free. So if I want to rock a T-shirt because it's a little bit warm out there today, am I committing some sort of fashion sin? You're, you're a pretty fashionable guy. So I would say this. I feel like a vest is very Charlotte or North Carolina-like. Growing up in Alabama, I didn't see people rocking vests like I do here. People rock vests like all the time here. Oh, It's just the thing on. here. Time and out. Time I, out. I don't think it's a bad look, though. I wear that, too. Um, and I, if I wear short sleeves with a vest, I'm probably going to have a short sleeve with a hoodie. So in the four years that I've been it on is, It is uh, versatile. Okay. I so it, like the versatility That's exact. That's exact. It's the utility, I like the, man. I like that. So, like, I end up buying the same vest in a couple different colors. I'm guilty of that. I find what I like. <laughs> I buy the same thing. Okay? So sue me. But what I was going to say is I've become known as the vest guy at, at FNZ, the, you know, where I work, Sports Radio FNZ. So, like, people on the air know me as a guy who wear vests all the time. You, I get extra pockets. I get to keep the core warm. I can rock a T-shirt if it's a little bit warmer outside. I got more pockets than you. I'm comfortable. And I rock it all the time out of convenience and utility. But she's like, well, my wife's acting like I'm embarrassing her when I go in public when I'm wearing a T-shirt under a vest. So what does she want you to wear? Kyle? I don't know, man. I but really you, don't. I think you should ask this guy. How do you not know? Because I don't want to. Because I want to wear what I want to wear. <laughs> That's all. I just want to wear what I, I don't. I don't tell her what not to wear. It's true. It's so true. there you go. I, I just want to do that. You probably do you have good women's fashion? A good what now? Women's fashion. Women's. Well, how like, could I possibly have that? Like, do you know what good women's fashion looks like? or Not at all. As a matter of fact, I'm still mystified by the fact that's, that, that they use so much less fabric to make theirs, yet they're so much more expensive than men's clothes. I've never understood that. But I didn't have sisters growing up, so I don't know any of that. Did you have, you, you, know, you had brothers, right? I had brothers. Okay, I have so one younger sister. Brandon had, had a sister, I believe. Yeah, that's why. Okay, so he, he had an older sister. I never had that. So there, my wife looks at me like I'm the dumbest person on earth sometimes because I don't know. She expects that I know things. And I'm like, you realize I grew up with my mom in the house and that's it. So, Kyle, I think you're better than me because at least you admit that you don't know. Nothing. Like, and me, I try and act like I know and I don't know shit. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm worse. Well, than no, you. I'll do that for sure. Because just, like my just wife, not about my women's wife, stuff. anything I say, I, I, I think I would like. She's like, oh, that's terrible. Say well, so <clears throat> no. I have, according to my, I have no women's fashion style. I think I do, but then I she would be horrified by me. The only thing I do know I like is wedges. I do like wedges. I, shoes? Yes. That's a good. See, I, I, I'm figuring some things out, right? <laughs> so I'm there. You go. You said well, it, it took me a second, but I knew wedges were shoes. Boom. 
So I got a little. I got a daughter coming next month, so I'm gonna figure all this stuff out on the Kyle, fly. You should not worry about wedges for a very long time. Right. Talk. That sounds right to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go back to the vest thing just real quick. Okay. You're like nobody. Man, I've been. I've I've, I've been buying through some frat houses in Alabama and and Auburn now. Come on. I've seen a whole lot of vests and Bama bangs on those campuses. Yeah, I didn't go to a lot of those. Okay, I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying, I've seen them. It's, it's a, true. It's, it's true. definitely a North Carolina thing. It's definitely a Virginia thing, especially UVA, places like that, uh -huh. for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, it's I, the vest is the ultimate male utility article of clothing. That's all I, I got to I say. I kind of get it. I, I'm, I'm kind of with it. I, you, I've always rocked like a um, – me, I'm more of a lighter hoodie. Okay. That would be more of my vest. I got, I got like – 20 of them. I wear hoodies all kinds, all kinds, all types. What I love. You are a hoodie guy. Go back to the frat thing, though. You said so you were a football player at Alabama. Yes. Did you go to frat parties at Alabama when you were when you were a student there? Only the, the black fraternities. That's it. Yeah. I went to one white fraternities party. It was uh, the Deeks. OK. Two live crew was there. All right. I missed two live crew, but it, it was great night. I couldn't believe they actually showed up. It was cool, though. That's, I mean, two live crews showing up at a frat party is pretty cool. No doubt. That's pretty awesome. It was. And they had the girls. It was great. I came there right at, dude, it was people everywhere there. It was great. Brandon, were you, Brandon, were you in a fraternity attack? Because so I, I know some athletes try to pull it off, but a lot, most guys don't even attempt it because it's just way too much. I mean, it, I mean, it is. I mean, the demand well, of being a student athlete. That were, so it but it, but it's still hard to balance that because, I mean, again, the, the, having to be a student athlete, there's, you have so much going on as a student athlete, right? Right. So trying to pledge or, for, like, you know, really well, pledge you, a fraternity. I mean, it's the grind, but that's the, that's the whole part of pledging, man. Oh, for sure. No, I mean, look, that's I was it. in a fraternity attack, and I had a blast. I lived in the house for a while. Like, I've yeah. seen some things. Yeah, but, and look, man, living in a house has its benefits. One of my teammates – that did, bro, they get, like, breakfast in the morning. They get, like, you know, other people that have taken these classes. You know people have papers. Like, it's easy to cheat there and, like, win. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, dude, it's, like, set up for them to be successful. I'm telling you. I'm, I, I, I've been there, and I was like, bro, this is, like, this is what y'all wake up to do? Yes. The, yes. Oh, dude, my mom, <laughs> my mom walked into the frat house one Saturday morning. She was picking me up. To, I don't even forget what we were doing. But she came in. She was horrified when she walked through the front door on a Saturday morning. The floors were sticky, beer from the night before. I mean, I had an apartment that was like that. So I well, of it. course. I mean, people's apartments were like that. But, like, that's the, it's, it's interesting because, you know, the whole fraternity thing. You know, people kind of – you either did it and you really enjoyed it. Maybe you did it and you didn't enjoy it. I don't think there's that many of those people. But then, like, everybody else, like, I wasn't in a frat. I wasn't going to pay for friends. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, bro. That's not what we were doing. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's the coolest thing I've ever done. I'm just saying, like, it was a good time. Like, yeah, yeah, in yeah. college, it was a lot of fun. I did it for, for parties and girls. That's why I joined a fraternity. I love it. And that's, and that's you the sound like an athlete That's to the me, only <laughs> truth about it. I joined it for parties and girls and to meet you cool people. You sound like an athlete to me. That's Kyle. what I'm saying. Like, that's the only, but it, that's what it was for. Yeah. Like, I made some lifelong friendships, and that was cool. I, I still, like, consistently talk to five or six of those guys, but, like, it's parties and girls. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> all right, I'm going to share this with you, Kyle. Please I'm do. Share this. I Please do. I'm share it with the world, too. Really? Uh, yeah, I guess so. So, <laughs> Here's one of my funniest stories. So I, my roommate, they called where I stayed, apartment 829. All right. Um, apartment stayed, 8. Is it legendary, apartment 829? No, 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 no. no. We oh. called the frat house. It's all good. Oh, okay. That's what we called it. Anyways, I mean, you spilled beer there. you just like, whatever. It didn't really matter. We were there for a couple of years. Yep. And I will tell you the best story that I got was I had a, uh, when I was in college, I had a financial guy that was going to come see me and Pep. He wanted to set up a meeting with me and Charlie. And, uh, and we said, yeah, it's cool. And uh, and then, but we stayed by like the humping, like the best pool in Tuscaloosa at the town over at the Downs. Right. Right. It's not that anymore, but at that time it was. So girls would come back and forth my place, use the bathroom, get beer, because we had a, you know, I mean, it was whatever. Like people would do it all the time. So, so then we like know that this guy's coming, and we say, hey, look, this is what we want you to do. A couple of our friends come over there in bikinis. We like, look, I want you to go over there. When he knocks on the door, I want you to answer it and be like. You know, yes, we know you have, you're like our secretary, but you dress like that. <laughs> and she was like, okay, cool. Yeah, for sure. And they did it. Dude, this dude was the most embarrassed, but like he didn't know what to do, how to handle it. Um, it was absolutely hilarious, though. And the funny thing is that he always tells me that story all the time. It's I so love good. it, man. Yeah. But like he, said, he said the fact that he said I had never had anybody do that to, to me before. He said that was, uh, it was like. So you never went through the actual process of pledging your fraternity? Because uh, yes, I did. You did? Yeah, like, I did grad chapter did Omega Sci-Fi. Okay, but was it like the hardcore, yes. you know, okay, so that's, 
we did some similar things. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this stuff now. No, like, I would back not. then, we were sworn to secrecy. Like I'll tell you one thing: when they when we were going through the pledging process, at one point in the process, they line us all up. They lead us down the stairs into the basement of, of the frat house. Now you can right. imagine the basement of a frat house, what that's like, and it's pitch black. Nobody's saying a word. They walk us down. We got to hold on to each other. They line us up against the wall. All of a sudden, like this Norwegian death metal starts blasting as loud as you can. You can't hear yourself breathe. It's going so loud. And all of a sudden, you got people in your face screaming and getting after. And, you know, at that point, you know, we might have had to or I guess voluntarily slam some mad dogs, followed that up with some baby food and then had to jog a few miles down the road to rent some porn for the brothers in the house and then jog back to deliver it to them. And it was uh, it was a rough night. But like, I mean, that's the stuff that a lot of people look down on. I think it's a funny story. Like, I, I, think I think it's it funny. makes the story. I, it, like, it's, it's fun. Nobody it's got a, hurt. It's an experience, too. No, nobody got their feelings hurt. Like, it, it was fun. And then, again, just parties and girls. And it was really cool to be able to do Cal, stuff on campus with other people. Girls, it yeah. was about the parties and girls. Okay. We did some cool stuff. We raised, I think, between our chapter and the UVA chapter, we've raised, I think, over $600,000 for the Jimmy V Foundation nice. throughout the course of the year. Like, they run the football, or we ran the football 186 miles from either Blacksburg to Charlottesville or Charlottesville to Blacksburg, depending upon where the game was. They, you might remember this. They, they run it all the way in through the tunnel, deliver it to the official at, uh, at midfield, and all the money goes to Jimmy V. So we did some good stuff. But I think you've spoken to me about that. Yeah, it was like it's mostly parties and girls. So anyway, now that we've established that that's what, you know. I don't know how we went from women's fashion to parties and girls college, Because I just wonder about that. Because, like, it's <laughs> Because when you're on a college campus, you know, you have some no, people. No, man, I partied a lot when I was in college. And, Kyle, I'm glad I did not play for Nick Saban because I don't think the, the football team parties as hard as I did. I think they're way more Pro strenuous. Definitely not right now. And, and yeah. like other things. And so I, I really enjoyed my college experience. I will say that. You did. I really, really. I love to hear that. Experience. That's awesome. I, I, I was out a lot. Um, but, you know, I didn't hide it well either. I was just – and I'm lucky. I probably wouldn't have played either because – you know, nobody was better than me as well. So I was like, I took full advantage, Kyle. But I had a different, man. I could I could drink all night and I could still wake up and Well, go and you to didn't have out. to worry about your friends at a party, you know, recording you doing something that you didn't want to be seen doing. No, that was definitely never an issue. Right. I, I mean, bro, if you had a camera phone, which I got later, it was the Razor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Bro, it was grainy as... You know what? It's bad, right. I mean, like, bro, you could all, you could deny that all day. Like, bro, what is that? We had them, I and think. And I don't think anybody, nobody thought about that stuff. All you, there was no video. There nobody no wanted to record no. and show it to the world because no. you were doing stuff you did. But that's the difference. Like, we had them, like, kind of like you. I was a few years after you. We had them. They weren't great. But there was no instinct at a party just to throw your phone up and record everything that was going on. And that's yeah. all anybody does these days. Yeah, man. I, I, I still try not to do that. I'm not that type, uh, usually. Well, no, you're I, definitely I, I am not. A, I'm a... I do do it. I'm not, like, innocent of it. But um, I try and, you know, my wife's always on me about being in the moment where, you know what I mean? Yeah. Be present. It's I good. think that's part of it, just being present. I've, I've, laid, I've laid off social media this week. That's good. Well, let I me mean, just, I want no, to no, anyway. No, 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 because, you know what, you bring it up. It's bad for your mental health. That's fine. I tell you one thing about social media that's not bad for the, the, your mental is that, bro, social media is undefeated. The Internet is undefeated, all right? This Bernie Sanders meme Dude. is awesome. I mean, bro, I saw one with him on the J. Cole album. You know what I'm saying? I saw that, too. Oh, my God. That's he, maybe I think J. Cole posted it. Yeah. I think he posted it. Yeah, oh, my gosh. So no. funny. So, oh, and somebody uh, somebody sat him next to Smokey from Friday, leaned him over. You know, the, that still image yeah. of Smokey. You know, going, I mean, I think. Brilliant. So, so I, thought, I thought we were going to have another meme uh, for 2021. I forget what I thought. Anyways, the Bernie Sanders might be the one that like lives on for a while. People are killing it right now, though. Like, I mean, they're literally like they're running it into the ground for the first like 36 hours. It was hilarious. And then after that, you know, unless you had missed some of the early ones, some of the ones people are doing now are like, eh, OK, we get it. You're killing the joke. But it, it was hilarious. It was. But and the, you it know what? The, the funny thing to me was the thing that I thought was the most impressive was. Uh, was the daughter of. Uh, Who? Uh, Kamala Harris, his her husband's daughter. I didn't see that one. Her dress was. Oh, nice. her dress. Oh, her dress back to women's nice. fashion now. Yes. Boom. Okay. It We're was nice. Making that connection, Kyle. You got to be multiple, Kyle. <laughs> okay. Good no, job. I get it. I see you I, picking up what I'm. Thank you. Thank you. No, it was good. I, I and saw. Then, but well, no, Bernie Sanders. I didn't see him during the inauguration. 
looking like that, bro. He looked like he was. It, first of all, it was cold. Was it what was the the original <laughs> tweet that went viral though that got it all started was like Bernie's dressed like the inauguration's part of his day, but it ain't his whole day. Yeah, you know that's yeah. the one I think got it started, and then everybody just started playing off of that one. Right, and it was hilarious because it was true. Yeah, I mean he didn't look like he was there for. Bro, an he was bundled. He oh, was like man. he was just bro. Just uh, he's old as shit, he so he, he needs is. to be bundled up. Yes, he needs to be bundled up, man. Yes. That's funny. All right, so now we got our pop culture stuff in. The, now, you again, you're going to be out next week, so we won't get to immediately react to what's going to happen this weekend. But we got the NFL playoffs on Sunday, championship weekend. You told me earlier you wanted to talk about this. I do. What, I, what's, what are you burning on? Dude, first of all, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Right. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. I think it's going to come down to the other players. Because okay. at the end of the day, is it's the GOAT versus, like, Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers continues to play until he's, like, Tom's age, then he would break all the records, right? It's, like, that type of level for me, what I'm looking at. Okay. But I think it's about everybody else, though. Devontae Adams, it's going to be about the running back Jones from Green Bay. It's going to be for Tampa. Can Fournette get it going in the snow a little bit? You know, just enough. Ronald Jones, can he make a play? Michael Evans, like, being a factor versus a really good quarter in Jair Alexander, like, how is that? Who, those matchups are what's going to win this game. Maybe somebody like Godwin who'd be like the second receiver. You know, so, somebody tried to convince me earlier, maybe yesterday. I don't know when it was. Red zone. So I, I'm really looking forward off. to it. But, no, but people, you know, it's you know, it's Brady. Brady just makes everybody around him so much better. It is the goat factor, bro. The defense played a lot better. And some look, man, when you're fast defense in the snow, you're even faster. True, but you what I was, what I mean? that's so, one thing. I want to go back to that. But what I was going to say about that was too. I was like, well, wait a minute. He's got Evans and Godwin and A. B. and all these. This is not Brady elevating. But then I started thinking about it more, and I'm like, well, there's probably a little bit of truth to both. And then I saw last week Leonard Fournette had five catches out of the backfield. I think he had, he led the team in catches last week. Mm -hmm. A. B. had one. Mike Evans had one. But uh, Fournette had five out of the backfield. Leonard Fournette was not looked at as a guy coming out of LSU who was going to be a threat to catch the football out of the backfield. Not that he couldn't catch, but he wasn't McCaffrey or Kamara in that way. And Tom Brady has, you know, he really still dropped a few. I, I'm not saying he's great. <laughs> I'm just saying for him in a playoff game to lead the team in catches and have a touchdown reception. I mean, that is Brady elevating Leonard Fournette. Now credit Leonard Fournette, but this is when you play with the goat, they bring out the best in everybody. Bro, he is slicing and dicing out there. That's right. what it shows you that. He does whatever it takes to win a game. He can hand it off 30 times. We've seen him do it with the Patriots. He can give it to Fournette. He can, he can run the ball some. They ran the ball, like, to close out the game a little bit versus the Saints. It wasn't just all on Tom Brady's arm. He did what, like, and he puts the ball where it needs to. He gives the right player a chance to make a play. That's what makes Tom so good. And there's no situation he hasn't been in before. And, I, and this whole cold game theory, too, it's like, oh, it's the frozen tundra. Dude, Tom, he grew Tom, up Tom Brady that. just played 20 <laughs> years in Foxborough. What do you mean? I, I know he's been in Tampa, but he ain't losing that fast, obviously. He still threw 40 touchdowns this year, ladies and gentlemen. So Tom Brady played and Rob Gronkowski played in Foxborough in cold weather. Uh, what else we got here? I think Mike Evans played at Wisconsin, right? So he's played in the cold. Uh, Chris Goblin played at Penn State. He knows what it's like to play in the cold. I'm not saying it's not going to be even colder. I'm just saying – People put too much stock into that sometimes. Like they, they're preparing for it. They know what they're walking into. Hey, Kyle, let me tell you something. I got one game to get me to the Super Bowl. You think I'm going to let a little temperature bother me? I'm on fire. Right. And then when I get to the sidelines, the players, we have way more equipment to keep us warm than the people and the fans. Yeah. We have heaters on. The, our seats are heated. We got things we can put our feet in. We got coats, jackets. Like the moment you put that big that big coat on, you know it's what I'm talking about. When you, they, they had a, the folks behind you putting it on you, yep. like you, James Brown. <laughs> bro, that thing is warm. It's like cuts everything off. So you just boom, and it goes all the way down your whole body. <sighs> so, and then you can go sit down. You can put something over your head, and now you got kind of a mask too, which keeps your air in your toe. I mean, and you're already greed. You know, I mean, you put Vaseline on your arms. It's we got gear for that. That helps. And plus, I'm not gonna let that be a, a reason why. Because if you think I'm cold, you don't think they cold? Like, it's cold, it's cold. Like, that's just what it is. And that's in the head. The biggest thing is cleats. I'd much rather, I don't want to hear about, if you want to talk about cold weather, it's not going to be actually feeling cold in a cold weather game. It comes down to footing and cleats. Is it ice on the field? How is it determined? I know most guys, we most players, especially NFC South guys, we don't have to wear seven studs. Even in Carolina, you don't have to unless it rains. And that's because the grass is different. And seven studs are like when you play in Chicago, like the really rough, cold places. Chicago, Green Bay is a place like that. You have to wear the seven studs. Up north in New England, you don't have to because it's turf. You can wear your regular six, 
studded cleats. So how do you handle that? And Green Bay is a team that's used to wearing those all the time. Tampa Bay is not. So that would be something if you want to talk about the weather, like that is where it will be at is in the cleating and the foots. Equipment managers are much more important than people realize, right? Man, you got to have this. So all week long, Tampa's practicing in seven stud cleats. We're getting ready mentally and our feet ready for seven stud cleats all week long. You practice in seven stud cleats outside in the grass. That's, that's what you do. That's interesting. That's how you get ready for, for this. Like, because the weather, I ain't worried about that. You're going to be on fire. Like, I'm not going to have to tell you, like, come on, man. It's the NFC Championship game. It's the furthest any of these players been outside of Tom Brady and, and the coach. The, yeah. Ain't not a dude. What you talking about? If you can't get up for this Thank one. you. Like, yeah. they are ready. I'm not worried about that. It's going to be on their feet, man, how they're cleating. What about the Bills and the Chiefs, though? All right. This is another one. I, so, I almost want to text Sean McDermott. And just say, look, coach, good luck this weekend. And my only thing is, man, they can win this game. Buffalo is going. I think Buffalo is going to win this game. Hey, if they win the Super Bowl, you got we got to get him back on the podcast. He was I, one of our first three guests. That's very true. And um, and he, I, I think Buffalo can win this game. Let me tell you why. I say because Buffalo has less question marks going into this game than Kansas City. Buffalo has less question marks. The running game is not good right now, though. They ran for 32 yards last week. That's yep. a problem. Against Baltimore. Fair. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. And, I'm just saying uh, that's I'm, a concern, though, right? Yes, it should be. And they just signed somebody, who Devontae Freeman. So, on the Kansas City side, the concerns are Mahomes, Mahomes. Th that's a really big question Mahomes. mark. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really it's big huge. question mark. So, and, it's, and I'm not saying he's not going to play. He's going to play, obviously. Like, they pretty much come out and said that. There was never any doubt. He's going to play. Okay, but real quick. So, we got into an argument about this earlier this week. Colin Cowherd and a few other people were floating the idea that if Patrick Mahomes wasn't ready to play on Sunday, they should postpone the game, delay the game until he was able to play. I nearly fell out of my chair when I saw that. Like, it, it, it's not COVID. He, he got, he's got a toe, and then he got, you know, he got his bell rung. But those are football injuries. You don't yep. delay games for football. What are we talking about? Why, this is COVID? Fine. If it's COVID, delay the game. You got to do what you got to do. But this ain't COVID. Why would you even entertain the idea? I, well, I, I hate that you even just said it right now. Right. That's how dumb I think it is, It's Kyle. so dumb. I, so, and, that, and that's just Colin just trying to get a hot take, right? He's, he wasn't we, the only one, though. Man, uh, it's a lot They of weren't people. the majority. I'll say that. They oh, weren't the yeah, majority. I'm like, bro, it, it's not real. I mean, it's part of the game. Um and you got to play through injury. That's part of the game as well. You don't give guys extra time to heal up. Yeah. If you're going to play, you just play. And you got to fight through it. I, how many times? Look, man, I played in a playoff game and walked into the game and left it out of the game with a walking boot on. But I played. You see yeah. what I'm saying? No, I see what you're saying. So, Well, there was never any doubt that if they could find a way to clear Mahomes, they were going to clear Mahomes. And I'm not, I'm not accusing them of, well, you know, breaking any I, protocols I or anything. I think he was that bad because, dude, he literally didn't hit hard. It was like... It was the weirdest thing ever. But the thing was, if he would have just stayed down and then let them come get him and then get up and try to jog off, yeah, he'd have been able to come back in the game. But the moment he stood up and, like, slid a little bit, mm -mm, he can't play anymore. We talked what, about that targeting it, penalty, right? It wasn't, what, what wasn't a targeting penalty, right, what, but what people thought should have been. Oh, with the, the Sorensen safety, hit yeah. on Rashard Higgins. Yeah, dude, I mean, come on, man. I'm not going to listen to that either. Okay, fine. No, I just I didn't know if we I talked about that. Because I'm with the targeting rule. I understand it. I get it. I played during a certain target rule. Like, we, they had boundaries. They started. I, when I first got in the league, it was no rules. Then my second year in the league, they, like, implemented this targeting type stuff, like, so now you had to start, like, knowing where a target area was. Okay. So you had to at least no more head. Take the head out, and then from there on, you were good. Now, then it's, it's continued to grow on and, and on and on and on. Now they put the helmet in. If it's anything defensively, if you're using it, then it can be, you know, that type of um, – I guess that, that's when they, the, the penalty can be thrown. Okay. All right. So, but Bills, Chiefs, ultimately. So, go back. You said the Bills have fewer concerns right now than the Chiefs yeah, do. I do. Yeah, man. So, does and, that mean you the think Bills, the Bills win the game? And the Bills, the Bills can win. Bills can, look, I, and Kansas City can win this way, too. But I, I really like what Josh Allen's done all year long. I'm not going to sleep on this kid. He's been playing really well all year long. He's delivered. He has. He's delivered. And so is Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, I don't. 
with a bad toe already. Buffalo's defense is better. It'll be the best defense Kansas City's played and seen all year long, like in this in the playoffs by far. Okay. And and from there, it only takes one little. We've seen it. It only takes one little accident, and if that happens, Kansas City is a wrap. And and I don't know. So I just think that's more question marks. It really opens up the door for Buffalo to upset. Okay. Okay. I, I don't. I, and I'm only like 30% positive about that. I might be in the minority on this, but I'm rooting for a Tampa Bay, Kansas City Super Bowl. I want to see Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. The I'm GOAT cool with that. versus the, the, the best quarterback in football. You know, so I, that, that's what I want to see. There would be something cool if somebody pointed out to me earlier today about seeing, uh, what is it? So Tampa is hosting the Super Bowl this year. So if the Buccaneers get there, they'll be playing in front of basically kind of their home crowd, but it's all corporate seats and everything else. If the Bills get back there, the Bills' first Super Bowl was Super Bowl 25, I think. They won it in Tampa. So their next Super Bowl, if they were to win one this year, would be right back in Tampa where they won their first one. So uh, Bucks versus Bills you know, would also be interesting. Then you add in the, the element of Tom Brady tormenting Buffalo for the last 20 years in the <laughs> AFC East. I forgot about that. You know what I mean? So like, there's some cool storylines attached to that one. I think probably the most boring matchup is probably Packers and Bills. And I wouldn't say boring. I'm just saying I don't think it comes with as many storylines. But it's still, you know, the Super Bowl. So it won't, that, it won't be bad either way. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else I was going to say. Go no, ahead. because. What? If Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl, he's going to talk crazy to everybody, I'm telling you, in the media. Oh, yeah. He's going to say whatever the hell you he wants. see he, what he said? About, he said his future is a beautiful mystery the other day. I didn't say. I, yeah. I believe it. He called his future <laughs> in the NFL a beautiful mystery the other day. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's. I think he's morphing into something. Dude, right? dude, I don't I, know. I'm telling you, if, if he wins Super Super Bowl, I wrote that down to make sure I, I had to have that comment. Yeah, you brought Green Bay. I'm like, dude, if Aaron Rodgers wins, bro, I, I don't know what he's gonna say. It's gonna be crazy. Well, what, he's doing those weekly hits on the Pat McAfee show oh, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. I love it. He's kind of getting loose with McAfee, so I think maybe Pat, that's part and, of it. Pat is hilarious. Pat is like. Uh, He's a funny dude. I, I, he's a he is a character. Yeah. All right. So the, so your picks. Who are they? Your official. Like, what do you think will happen in the Super Bowl? I will go. Dude, I, I really think it's going to be uh, Tampa and Buffalo. Tampa and Buffalo. Man, I feel like there's so much talk about Brady going up and winning in Green Bay this week that Aaron Rodgers is and, going to beat him. I don't think I don't think I'm going to be right on both of those picks because it's too hard. Well, to Antonio Brown's not playing this yeah, weekend it's now. It's too he, hard. I don't think I'm going to be right on both those picks, but I do think I'm going to be right on one of them. Okay. All right. I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll go Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Okay. That's probably my heart more than anything, but that's really what I want to <laughs> see. Uh, we got to mention today because this was uh, this actually shook me up when I got the news this morning, and I think it was kind of just because it's been a bad run for legends in baseball lately. Hank Aaron yes. passed away. Hank Aaron passed away this morning at 86 years old. Man, awful, right? Um, yeah. my, um, especially as a young black man, like Hank Aaron's like the man. He was like our guy. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that is it. I mean, and he's a record book holder. Like, he got it, you know? Yep. Um, and the most important stat that we all grew up thinking was – you know what I mean? You know, everybody. He's my home run king. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it never. I, 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 will, I, will, I will submit that Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. No doubt. He but, ha- but Hammer and Hank Aaron is my home run king. You no know? doubt. And he always <laughs> will be. I'm sorry. You can put steroid guys in their own wing. That's fine. But, uh, no, that's the home run king to me, man. We talked about it. We had some cool people call into my, my radio show today and share some really neat stories. And he, he wasn't like a 300 hitter either, bro. He, like, he hit bombs. Oh, back yeah. Then. I couldn't imagine back then what it looked like. Like, him hitting that many home runs over and over and over. Well, somebody called and in earlier a today. Very long time. There was a guy who I think used to live in San Diego. I don't know if he's from here or not in Charlotte, but he called in and he said uh, many years ago he was teaching in San Diego to a group of uh, I think it was middle schoolers, high schoolers, and they were doing a, uh, they couldn't find any books on Hank Aaron. Some kids or one kid or two kids wanted to do a book report on Hank Aaron. I think is how the story goes. And so he's like, well, I don't have any literature. So he reached out to the Braves organization because he knew Hank was still working there, and he said Hank got back to him within like ten minutes. And from that point forward, he did like a FaceTime Q&A with this guy's class. Uh, he sent him all sorts of autographed books and jerseys and bats and all sorts of cool stuff. I mean, he was just that kind of guy. And, you know, he's one of those pioneers back in those days, like you and I've talked about, mm-hmm. of, of black ball players who, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, Hank was a little bit further along, but. You know, a lot of those guys who came before him, Jackie Robinson, yep. Larry Doby, Roy Campanella, Satchel Paige, Josh Gibson, you know, all those Negro League guys that paved the way for them, you know, for, for Hank to become the superstar that he was. 
And, you know, Hank's home run record probably meant more to the people who loved him than, yeah. it, than it did to him. And, and, like, he was a giant. Like you just said, he was an icon. He was the hero for a lot of guys probably, you know, my dad's generation and, and maybe even a little bit before. He was just a giant in sports, man. So when yeah. I saw this morning that he passed away, like, it was just two weeks ago Tommy Lasorda died. Yeah, Earlier man. this week Don Sutton passed away. I think about a month ago Phil Necro passed away. So the three Atlanta Braves legends, you know, have passed away in the last uh, month. Yeah, man. You know, Don Sutton played for the Dodgers, but he was a Braves broadcaster for 28 years on TBS yep. and with, with, uh, with Skip Carey and those guys. And well, See, that's all I grew up watching was the Braves, too, in Alabama. So that was like the only team. So they were on all the time. That's My all. We, yeah. Watched, yeah. Same with you. you I know mean, that. it's exactly that's what we watched growing up. Yeah. You know, I was a Dodgers fan because that's what my dad was. But I watched the Braves more than the Dodgers because they were always on TV, always, on TV. always on TV. So I mean, rest in peace, Hank Aaron, man. He's one yeah, of the man. he's one of the Giants. And I, I often think about that because, you know, I. I became acquainted with Jackie Robinson's story when I was a kid. And I'd say all the time that I've done probably eight to 10 book reports on Jackie Robinson when I was coming up through school and to read about what they faced in that day. I mean, it's not modern day heckling, somebody telling you you suck or making fun of somebody on Instagram and saw them with Mm -hmm. your girl. I mean, they, they, their lives were in danger in some of those places they went to go play ball Yeah, and they took it and they just stood there and listened to a lot of it because they knew that you know, giving the reaction to those people would be far more detrimental to their cause, to their careers, and the people who followed them than it would be just to play ball and, and let it hang out on the field. I mean, those guys were special, man. They were, and you know, to, to play with that type of uh, skepticism everywhere you go, I don't even I don't even have the mindset. I've only played in like country small towns in Alabama when I was in like little league. That would be my only thing where you'd have any type of place I ever played. So I, I couldn't even compare or have the mindset to. How do you become the best at what you do when you're so fo- – like, that really takes a different yeah. mindset. That's all I'm saying. I don't even know how to use the words to describe it, but to go into that place, that, that small of an arena, in your own mind, on the biggest stage, uh, is it takes a special type of person as well. Yeah, it really does. So, uh, yeah, Hank Aaron passing away this morning. Kyle, I'm just ready to, like, try and get vaccinated. I'm just – when everybody – I just I was listening to an Uber driver today, and this guy was like, I, I love listening to Uber drivers. I learned all kinds of things because they have different opinions. They're the best. Not dude. only that, but dude had like a whole TV in his headrest. He's like, yeah, bro, you can just order it on like Android. The name, the year, make of your car, they kind of like, you can just uh, type it in, and then, um, and then stuff will pop up, different options. And dude, he has like TV. I mean, he's watching CNN, like, and... And then he showed me, like, he has his music, he has movies, he turned on Sanford and Son. I was like, bro, like, really? This is, and it looked like factory made, but because it's built to the car. But, anyways, it was that's such cool. a, but it's such a, like, an underrated cultural experience that you can have riding I'm around totally with a bunch of different Uber drivers totally like when you go traveling and stuff. Mm-hmm. We took my dad out to LA a couple of years ago. Now, because of what I do, I travel a lot more than my dad does. Um, you know, and so he, he's kind of a homebody. I am too in certain ways, but we took him out to LA for his birthday to go to a Dodgers Giants series. And we're taking Ubers and Lyfts everywhere we go in L.A. And, you know, one of our drivers is uh, some guy who just moved for, uh, from Armenia mm-hmm. to L.A. a couple of years ago. He's got a thick accent, but super friendly. And, yeah. you know, it was a great experience. And I loved watching Dad talk to him. Next guy we get into is, uh, you know, an Hispanic guy who's a, a mixed martial artist, uh, mm-hmm. high level, you know, training to fight a couple of months from then. Great guy telling us where to go around the city. You know, we come back, we get into it with a French guy. You know who is is over here for like six months, and he's you, driving you on the side. It's so in LA. it's awesome, man. Like it's LA such an awesome. underrated cultural experience just to go to a different city and drive around in Ubers with people and meet all the different folks driving around. I, I just, I so the the guy was saying how he's like, you know what, man? You know, it's like, man, sometimes here in America, um, we have very short uh, attention spans. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, you know, we we show you something shiny over here, we all look right. Then we show some over here in the left shiny, we look all look left. It's like, like sometimes we get up and, you know, when we get shaken out of this, we we come out of COVID, we get vaccinated, we get, uh, we stop, we don't have as many people walking around the mask and people are hanging out and all this other stuff. We're gonna look back and be like, man, we were tripping for a little bit. We were not smart. As like, why are we so intense trying to fight it ourselves and why? When, like, we are, like, America First is so right. Like, yes, we've always kind of been that, right? And, yes, we need to just start 
we're doing more here, you know, and understanding that if we do more here, then it is going to have to raise the minimum wage, which some people don't want to do that. You take him into a lot of things here, man. I know, man. It's just a whole. Well, this was the, my, my Uber driver was discussing. I thought it was kind of I was just listening to him. My brother know? got vaccinated this morning, by the way. He got he got well, it. He, he gets his second one. soon. Yeah, he got the uh, he, I told you we had it. Yeah, you, you brought up COVID. It made me think of it. So he, he had it, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I, I don't I don't know if I've had it or not. Um, had it or not. I haven't had the antibody test yet. Um, I kind of like I want to, but I realize it's probably not a priority for them out there right now. So yeah, maybe I, I will at some <laughs> yeah, maybe I will at some point. But yeah. I would love to know if I've already had it, uh, because most of the people that I do know that got it have been asymptomatic. Um, you know, a handful of them, several, I would say, probably have, have felt some symptoms, some worse than others. Uh, mm-hmm. My brother's fiance got it. She lost her taste. She lost her smell. And I think she just recently got it back after weeks. Uh, she felt some fatigue and a headache and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't too bad for her. You know, but uh, somebody else I know, young guy, put him out. I mean, weeks later, he's still recovering. He can't get his – feel like he can't get his energy back. It feels like he can't get his wind back. Really? And this is a guy, like, in his mid-30s. Um, you know, not overweight, you know, I, I don't know if he smokes or not, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he put him down. He had to go to intensive care. He was in the ER for a while. It was bad. Yeah, man. I, um, it's been, um, it's been a whirlwind. Yeah. I mean, how many people are going to continue? I mean, COVID has been really well, bad. It's kicked our country's butt, man. It really has. We have, it has kicked our butt. It has shut us. I mean, not, I mean, it, it can't shut America down completely, but. Well, to, we, your, we've lost to what a you lot said a second lives, ago, man, though, you, know? you said something about like looking back. And I was thinking the other day about, you know, what are we going to What's it going to be like six months from now? Am I going to be back at an outdoor concert venue with 15,000 people watching music? No, um, I don't know if I am. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that I wouldn't. You know, if I'm vaccinated by then and, you know, all the people there being vaccinated. I mean, yeah, I, I want to get back to we all want to get back to normal life. But I, I do worry about the psychological effect of this on some, you know, especially young people and kids out there who you know, like my niece and nephew are six and seven. They're they're coming up at six and seven years old, seeing the world respond to a pandemic in a way that most of us are completely unfamiliar with. And it's made a lot of people angry and confused and scared and frustrated. And of course, all the kids see that and they're taking classes from home. And I don't even have kids yet. But like, you know, Greg Olson had that sort of uh, let's call it controversial post a couple of weeks ago where Greg was like, you know, schools have to reopen now. We got to get our kids back into school. And he cited some psychological effects and things like that. I get the sense that at this point, almost everybody wants their kids back in school. Yeah, and, and that's I, not like a. I don't. I know there are still some people out there yeah. who have reservations, but almost everybody that I talk to wants their kids back in school sure. now, like tomorrow. For sure. And, and and that's complicated because we have teachers out here who are already underpaid, who don't make enough money, who wear too many hats, and you know how do you? I mean, they they have to get the vaccine. So they should what, be getting what the vaccine early. Say? Greg? Yeah. I'd have to pull it up. I mean, I'll, I'll pull. Was up it article. just pretty much that, or? Well, let me pull it up for you. Um. Let's because, see. you know, I would, I understand where Greg's coming from. Every parent does to feel that way, right? We all do. But we also need to understand and respect that it's a lot of things called public schools that don't have the, the funding and the ability to where possibly where Greg's kids may go to school would have the Here funding and the ability to make sure their kids are back in so school. So I'll read it they to you. Safely do it. Here's what he tweeted. Parents need to start being their children's best advocate. These public officials are doing damage to our kids they may never bounce back from. Then he tagged the Charlotte City government and uh, Roy Cooper, the governor of North Carolina, saying schools need to be open, period. Our community leaders need to wake up and make decisions that are in the best interest of all children. We are leaving thousands of children behind who need to be in school. That's what Greg tweeted. That was back on January 12th. So what was that? Ten days ago he tweeted that. Um, you know, so I, I get what he's saying. I do too. I get it. I, I, get it. I understand but, it. I, I mean, do, do we have the, the, the ability to do it? Why are why our state schools, our city schools, do we have the capability to do it? And if not, then what is going on? Well, some, that means you need to, then you have to be, we have to be able to afford that because it can't just be just the private schools that can go to school. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's difficult to compare. I know. And, and, and and I think Cooper just made that that thing, right? But I think it's about to to come up. Though. It's difficult to compare country to country how they each country handled the COVID pandemic versus others. Like in Italy, for instance, they have a bunch of multi generational households, great grandparents living with little kids. We don't have as much of that in America. You know, we're way bigger than they are. So there's a lot of you know topographical differences and things like that that need to be accounted for. But like when you look at other countries, you know, of of similar size, Western countries especially, our rollout's been bad. You know, yeah, the response yeah, yeah. It, was awful. Yes. 
Yes. You know, well, you had you had like, and I, yes. again, it's a different country, but Canada has been paying its people to stay the hell home. You know, they're not letting NBA or NFL or Major League Baseball teams into the country. You know, they've and they've a lot of these countries. Now, again, you've also had outbreaks in places that were doing some of these things. So some of this mm-hmm. is unpredictable. I get it. Yes. But circling back to Greg's point, how do you safely do that and not put teachers and administrators and people like that at risk? Because these kids are suffering psychological effects of being locked up all the time, of being in the house, of doing online learning. They're not, equi- they're not mentally equipped to be learning off a computer screen all day, nor is no. it good for their mental health no, it's or not. their mental it's development. Not. So the last part of that real quick is look around the world. You see some of these other countries, Sweden, some of the countries in Asia, you know, with, with technological advances that have surpassed our own in certain ways, that have gotten these kids back to work. And they have these desanitizing stations when they walk in. They have these mists where they're, you know, uh, I, I forget the word I'm looking for, but they, they have the infrastructure set up and have had it to get these kids back in school. And our public schools haven't been given that across the country. Now, again, there are a lot of reasons why we're different than they are, and some of that's you know, structural, and I'm not sure it can be overcome in a day or a month. But no, we, but it's I, just look, not I, been I think good. We got, but you know what I'm hoping, Kyle? I'm hoping that we have new administration that can kind of get us started in the right direction. When it comes well, they're to already trying school, to impeach him, so I'm not sure. We'll see. Our, um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't, don't stop. You saw she filed it last night. Marjorie Green from Georgia, the, the QAnon uh, you know, elected member of the House, she filed her articles of impeachment apparently last night. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not. Took her longer than she thought because it was much more complicated than she thought apparently. But, yeah, she went in and filed them. I'm not. I'm not. Kyle, I'm not doing that. Fine. All right, thank you. Anyway, so this is – you totally just made me lose my train of thought. No, I did. We're talking about kids and schools and Greg Olson. Yes. Uh, and technology. I, I just hope that we get things going in the right direction so our kids can get the benefit of going back in these classrooms. Um, I feel bad for those parents whose children are older and my kids are younger and that they're young enough to where they can recover from this. That's what I truly believe. And uh, I feel bad for those other kids that may be older. It's, I don't know, man. It's a tough thing that we're all trying to live through. Have you seen the breakdown of how many private schools? Uh, th- th- I'll put it this way. Earlier in the pandemic especially, there were a lot of private schools that went to remote learning initially, mm-hmm. but then – very shortly thereafter went back to in-person learning because mm-hmm. a lot of those private schools had parents with the funds to, to make sure the school was outfitted with whatever they needed to keep the right. kids safe and to get them back in the building. Yes. A lot of public schools, obviously, I mean, the, you got public schools that can't even pay for charter buses to send their high school basketball teams to, 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 certain, I mean, to games. So a lot of these public schools aren't having that. So they are sending the kids home for, for virtual learning, which sounds like a great idea. And in some cases it is beneficial. But it's not in a lot of other ways. So you, you have, again, that divide between the haves and the have-nots here, and you're going to see that if they don't figure out a way to, to mitigate it and to address what's happened in the past year, you're going to see a further divide grow between the kids who had that option and the kids who didn't have that option. Correct. And that's a problem. It is. It is. And I, I don't have the answer. I really don't. No. no. I, unless I don't know. Because right now here in Charlotte, nobody sends their kids to public schools for real. Well, yeah. I mean, like, well, some do. But not many, you know, so it, it's weird. Like, Charlotte has so much money, but a lot of these kids pump all their money into the private school sector more than actually the public school sector. Hmm. So I think we're missing out here a little bit. So have you, have, you, have you removed yourself from the news cycle for the most part? You're not uh, – I know. Yeah, I haven't been – not in hadn't not for Yeah, real. no, me too. That I've, th- been, I've been kind of in a stupor, bro. I've been trying to just get away from all news for a little bit. Really? I, yeah, I need to a little bit for sure, Kyle. Uh, After these last couple of weeks, I need to a little bit. Okay. No, this is one thing I do want to bring up, though. What? Because something else staying in the moment, man. Uh, the Panthers got a new GM. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Scott Fitterer from uh, Seattle. Yeah, so how do you feel today. about this? I saw that because I was actually driving. I just picked up my car, the Infinity from uh, uh, from the dealership today. Got a little work done on it. Not work, uh, just some little maintenance stuff. Dude, it was 90 bucks. I love my car. It was like, you want to fix to a sunroof? It might leak. I'm like, bro, it don't leak when I'm in it. Brandon, so, you might not know this straight. about this guy. He won't give up the, the, the Benz that he's got. How old is it again? My Benz or yeah. my Infinity? Or the, yeah, your Infinity. Sorry, the one with the six-disc six changer in it? Oh, that's my Benz. Okay, that's what I thought. He won't give it up because he's got a six-disc changer in it, and he doesn't want to give it up. So I won't give up the Benz because that's the first car I bought when I got drafted. Fair enough. The Infinity I won't give up because I do got a whole bunch of music on it. And it's just, I mean, dude, it, it don't cost me none. It's the, it's, I love the price on dude, it. Dude, I drive a 1997 Chevy Silverado. You already understand. So. I understand. I like right, classic vehicles. Scott Fitterer. Okay. What's your opinion? 
Who was this guy? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't have. I mean, he was. I mean, he I was heard a, some of the interview. They said analytics a lot. They did say analytics a lot. You know what else he did? It was like an Academy Awards acceptance speech when he first. Did you hear the beginning? I he, did. He, he thanked like everybody. Everybody he's ever met. It was hilarious. And we gave him a hard time on the air for it. And people were like, "Oh, he's just happy." Like, yeah, we know. We're giving him a hard time, but he thanked everybody he knows. Hey man, uh, it's all good. He, I mean, if he was black, you'd have been like, and Kiki, <laughs> and them, and uh, shout out to my cousin Pookie. You know, I love you, dog. Um, shit, who else? Who else? Tepper? Who else? Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, dude, that's it. He's a quiet guy. He was in the background in Seattle. Uh, they like him because they want the same setup they had in Seattle, a coach-centric operation. Matt Rule's running the show, man. That's his show. Just like Pete Carroll <laughs> runs a show in Seattle, like Ron Rivera's running the show in, in Washington. Uh, you know, Belichick runs a show in, in, in New England. That's, it's his show. So they got Scott Fitterer because I, I think Tepper said he wanted to avoid redundancy and skill set. I think, I think he wanted to uh, – he's good at the cap. Well, yeah, well, I don't think he – I think it's the opposite, actually. I think he said he during said, the, He said he really uh, pushed him in that. Well, yeah, but I think, I think it's – I don't know. I'll go back and listen to it. I just know that they wanted somebody who meshed with Matt Rule, and he talked about it being like a flat organizational structure. Because you know how – you know, for, for the longest time, the GM was the boss. The GM hired and fired coaches, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that way anymore in a lot well, of places. And he said that he's going to go down to Mobile. He's going to meet with them, see what, the, see what type of players and stuff that the – um, that the coaches are looking for and, and things of that nature and then um, go from there. I just want to see what they're, what they're going to build. I, I, I'm very intrigued by this. I'm very uh, – I'm happy the Panthers are trying. It looks like – I just want to see what David Tepper continues to build. Well, all, he's got all his guys in place now. Yeah, they're all his guys now. So, yeah. so now so, no more excuses, you know. And I, he's not looking for excuses, but you know, these are all his people now. He's got his coach, he's got his GM. Yeah, yeah. He's, he brought the quarterback in. Pretty like, soon he's gonna have. He's got a new. He's got a new facility coming. Right. He's building. Yes. So I want to continue to see. I'm just glad I live here in Charlotte that I get to see it. Um, you know, Mount Tepper be built. So yeah. Well, I'm curious to see if they really make a run at Deshaun Watson because there the, some Vegas sports books have the Panthers favored. You know, as the favorite to land Deshaun Watson in a trade. Now it's Vegas sports books. We'll see, but I, I think they they're going to get aggressive. Tepper last night made a kind of a, it wasn't a dig at Teddy Bridgewater, but he was asked about Seattle and what Fitterer did out there, and he goes through this whole spiel about Fitterer's role, what he liked about him, what they said about him, and at the end he said, "Of course, you got to have a quarterback that can take you there." At the end, you know, and mm -hmm. so Teddy didn't play well the final six weeks of the season at all. Yeah, and even Matt Rule after the season was like, "Teddy's going to have to have a tremendous off season." You know, when your coach is saying that about you and your owner, you know, makes a comment like that, you know, you've, you've got no job security. You, yeah, you, for sure. You got it. Now, of course, Teddy got his money, too. So, you know, that's I'm yeah. happy for him. But he's if he wants to be the starting quarterback here next year, uh, sounds like those two guys, Rule and Tepper especially, and now Fitterer, need to see a hell of a lot more than what they saw in the final six weeks of the season. For sure. I mean, that's football. Your job's always sure. on the line. So, no, absolutely. Yeah, and Teddy, no, he's not, he's not going to be safe anywhere until you make well, – you're never safe, period. Um, Last thing, because I know we got to roll. Okay, check this out. I'm never. But do you like the hire? You like oh, Scott the hire? Fitterer? Yeah. I mean, it's a GM hire. Like he comes well recommended. Dan Morgan loves him. Uh, Pete Carroll loves him. John Schneider thinks he's the greatest. I mean, so many people have said incredible things about him. So I mean, he must not be the worst guy in the world. And we'll see. It's all about how he works with Matt Rule, right? That's what yeah, this is okay, all about. All right. Cool. Move on. Last no, thing. no, it's fine. Last thing. So you know, I'm on my my drive for 225. There right. We go. So I'm down 15, getting loose. Right. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Trying to get the body tuned up again. Because uh, I've spent the last year I eating did yoga yesterday with my wife for the first time. What I'm time getting at, right? So I've already brought this up to you. So I have like implemented a strict, deep stretching routine after cardio. You have been talking about this, and it has made a world of difference. I'm sleeping like a rock. Uh, back pain's gone, dude. I feel like I have nerve endings in the bottoms of my feet that I haven't felt since I was 25. You know, and I was in good shape when I was 30, 31. That's when I started to get fat again, and like. I, I feel like I'm, my legs feel like I'm 25 again. It's so insane. What stretch are you doing? Everything. I mean, every, my, my wife does yoga when, you know, the world was normal. And so she shows me certain things. But, I mean, I know how to stretch. And so I just started doing it again and religiously doing it again. And I'm stretching for 30 minutes before bed. I'm using the foam roller. Like, I've, I'm, I'm, go, I'm building myself back up the proper way. I want to do yoga with my wife on, on our vacation every morning. 
every morning? Every morning. That's going to be my but goal. What, see, but that's the thing. You could get me down. Like, I don't want to do the intense, you know, feels like if I'm going to do all that, I'm going to go lift weights. I'm not saying that it's I bad you, for you. I will definitely. I'd rather do like a deep too. stretching. I'd even rather do a hot yoga than some Bikram mm -hmm. intense 60 minute, like I'm dead by the end of it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I want to stretch like and those. feel better when I'm yeah. stretching. If, I, I don't want to work hot out yoga stretching. just because I sweat. And it, it feel, I feel like I, it helps me. Get looser. Yeah, yeah, but it's helping, man. I'm telling you. So I got the uh, interval running routine back in, stretching deep. I feel like a million bucks, man. So where Dude. are we at now? Math-wise? You only got how many more to go? Man, I hate to say this. Back to 245, man. I got fat, Rome. Yeah, man. I didn't realize it. I was like COVID stress eating for like three months and didn't even realize it. So, like, I looked down. I was like, damn, I'm about to bust out of these jeans. I better get my fat ass back in shape. And Kyle, man, that's what happened to me, dude. You didn't get fat. Shut up. Whoa, 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 whoa. I go the other way. I started getting a little skinny. Oh, you were bitching about, you know, feeling small last week. Yeah, man, I was, man. And I was like, you know what? I just got to hit it. I can't go to the beach, bro, without my quads on, on, on just popping. You know what I'm saying? Last thing, Brennan, check this out. So last two weeks ago, I think, two weeks ago. So I'm talking to my wife. She's out. At, I, I think I was at work, maybe. I forget where I so I think I'm texting my wife. I'm texting with him at the same time. And I'm talking to him both about working out, you know, and just, you know, <laughs> trying to get back into shape. So I had this picture of me from 2014 down in Rio, uh, Rio de Janeiro on Muscle Beach, where I was working out on the beach. I mean, I was yoked back then. I felt pretty good about it. And so I sent it. I'm thinking I'm sending it to my wife. And I send it to Roman. And immediately realized what I did. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, dude, I know nobody wants a shirtless picture of any other man, especially not me. I apologize for that. And he starts making fun of me for that. It was even funnier. The part that I forgot to tell you, though, was when my wife and I started first dating. Um, remember that, you know, the picture of me back in the day that, you know, you like to point out, you know, when I was really yoked back then. Yes. My wife, when I'd known her for like a month, was trying to send a text to one of her friends back in New Hampshire. And I get a text from her at the time, and it's a picture of, it's a picture of me off my own Instagram account. And she says, this is what he looked like. He's not as yoked as he used to be. <laughs> that she sent that to one of her girlfriends talking about me, like, you're not that long ago, not as yoked as he used to be. <laughs> and I'm staring at it like, what the fuck? Who are you talking to right now? And so oh, my bad. She's like apologizing yeah. profusely to me. She's like, I'm so sorry. I meant to say that. Like, there's no way out of that shit. No. I, you sent up me a picture of me <laughs> about <you>. me. <laughs> Who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> what are you trying to say? I mean, she already said it, Kyle. <laughs> she said it. You not swole no more. <laughs> That's what he used to. Look ask like. her about that next time. She, oh I my will, god, dude. She, she apologized for like six months after that. It was hilarious. That is a, that is a good one. That's <sighs> a good one to have in your back pocket, Kyle. We got to roll. Uh, you are off to Cabo. Yeah, man. Have fun. Thank you, sir. Be safe. Don't I drink. Hey, don't drink. Don't eat the worm. You know what? Don't I heard one person tell me to eat the worm. Then somebody else said, don't eat the worm. I just know you. I know you can eat the worm. I'm just recommending against it. That's all. Thanks, Kyle. Yes, I'll sir. Think about it. Have fun. Relax. Uh, this has been fun. We're off next week. Rome's on vacation. And, Brandon, uh, shout out to you, man. Yeah, Thanks. Brandon Motley's the man. We always uh, love having him around. He's on the team. We will talk to you probably a week and a half from now. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. For Roman Harper, Brandon Motley, I'm Peace Kyle out. Bailey. Be safe. Work hard. Be nice to each other.